Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 15 of the Showbound podcast presented by Axel Watches. I'm your host, Michael Raskin, once again, joined by Ethan Cardwell. Cardi, what's going on? Not much, man. Just uh, hanging out and had a nice steak dinner, so I'm in a good mood right now and uh, just looking forward to getting some sleep here soon. How about you? I'm doing well, man. I actually wanted to say, uh, obviously, as you guys listen to this, the Super Bowl happened a few days ago now, but man... I'm, I decided to throw some money down, which is rare for me. I don't usually gamble, but I made a lot of money, like a lot of money. That's so, good. To hear. I, I was, I was going for the box um, all the way. I just like, I don't like any team in particular. Like I like Cowboys are my team, but uh, just to see Brady and what he's doing in the game. I know we talk about it a bit with Lappy, but it, it's actually insane. And then just to see what unfolded, just pure domination on both sides of the ball for the Bucks. But yeah, it, it was a good game. So I'm glad that uh, you made a little bit of money off it. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm the same way too. Like I really just, you can't bet against Brady. That's so I bet on the Bucks. the odds were against them. So I made that and I bet on the under which was 55 and obviously it was like 40 total. And then I'd bet that the Bucks would win by more than three. So like I hit all three of my bets, all of them were against the odds. So I just like, it was good. But then you know, me and my buddy ended up losing a lot of that money playing online blackjack last night. So <laughs> that was a tough one, man. It, it gets addicting fast. Like they give you a couple ones where you win and you're like, Oh, I can make my money back. And then you just like end up losing more and more. And it's like it's a tough one, but anyway, yeah. What's up uh, in Sweden? I know. Actually, I, I just posted on TikTok, but you scored a goal and did the Corvette dance before skating by the bench, man. Like, how's how's it going with the games? How are you doing in, in the house? What's going on? Um, not much. Kind of same as normal. Uh, we have three games this week, actually, so it's a busy week for us just uh, trying to stay loose. I know body gets a little bit tight kind of getting into games for the first time in a while. The body's not used to taking hits and, I don't know, just game shape and stuff, so a little bit sore, so just kind of battle through that but our team's doing well right now um yeah everyone's contributing gonna give my buddy Yakin a, a shout out because he was he was talking about the pod today and he's on fire so uh shout out to Yakin. we might have to get him on the pod before i uh, head back to ontario but um no and then yeah that dance we were we were in the locker room before the game and i was like joking with a few of the guys i was telling them to do it because like i'm a superstitious guy or like not even superstitious. I just don't like to jinx things. So I, I never mentioned like if I'm going to do a celebration when I score or anything like that, just because like I don't want to put it in jeopardy or something because it messes with my head. So I'm telling other guys to do it. But like deep down, I'm like, if I score, like I'll, I'll fire it up for the boys. <laughs> and uh, Sure enough, I, I got one in there. So then uh, I had to had to fire the boys up before going by the bench. <laughs> Man, I was losing it when you sent me the video. <laughs> it was so funny. I was a little pissed. I couldn't match it up to the music when I was posting it on TikTok, but it is what it is. Like, I don't know. Have you seen it yet? The video? No, I haven't. I'll go check it out after this oh, though. Yeah. It's, it could have been better, but it's fine. Yeah, man. I mean, Hey, we got a big episode today uh, with a former first overall pick in the QMJHL, Hendrix Lapierre. We interviewed him this morning. He's uh, also a first round pick of the Washington Capitals from this past NHL draft. And he's currently playing in the queue for Shakutami. So yeah, it was an awesome chat. The guy, speaks really well he's a buddy of yours cards and i was really happy with that interview yeah bro i was uh when we were talking about our guest for this week i was just kind of like trying to think back of uh some prospects or some guys that i'm close with and i i thought a lot because as we talk about her later on in the interview here uh we kind of just hit it off at u17s became really good buddies and then uh sort of kept in touch but i hadn't talked to him in a while reached out and he was, he was quick to it and to do it on his birthday, nonetheless. So he's a, he's a really good guy. And I think the listeners will really like to hear the way he speaks. And uh, for a French guy, he sounds really good too, actually. Yeah, no, he, he does speak really well considering English is his second language. I didn't even realize that because he's so good at speaking, but we'll send that over to you guys in a couple of minutes. First, I just want to mention that later on in this episode, we're going to be doing an Axel watch giveaway just for the listeners. We're not going to be posting it on social media, so stay tuned and you can find out how to win. And uh, that's something I'm excited to, you know, reward our, our listeners, not just the people who follow. So that'll be, that'll be cool. Hopefully you guys stick around for that. And um, yeah, we can send it over to the interview, but before we do, I just want to mention that support for the Showbound podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below the waist grooming. Big news, Manscaped just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over and at all times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good too. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. 
Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. And yeah, Manscaped sent us uh, the cologne and some other things too. I've been using it. It smells really good and, and you know, gets me fired up too. It gives me the confidence to walk out knowing that, you know, I don't smell like crap. So I love yeah. that. And um, everyone knows Manscaped has the perfect package 3.0 for all your below-the-waist grooming needs, but they didn't stop there. Complete your grooming game with the new refined cologne signature scent by Manscaped. With the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas, this cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Calming and inviting, this signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of vetiver and a woodsy masculine finish. This 50 milliliter spray cologne is even hyperallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and 100% vegan. This beautifully designed glass bottle makes a statement and the manly scent is attractive to set the mood. Also, be sure to check out the Perfect Package 3.0 with all the essentials for your below-the-waist grooming needs, including the Lawnmower 3.0 trimmer and crop formulations. Yes, I'm talking about ball deodorant and toner to keep your testes besties. And now you can use the new Manscaped Refined Cologne to complete your set and smell great anytime, anywhere. It's time to feel sexy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. Your balls and body will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code SHOWBOUND at manscaped.com. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. Hey, um, I just nailed that first take, by the way. And that's two episodes in a row, first take, after the one before was like seven takes. So I'm kind of getting pretty good here. Yeah, well, I do you a favor now. I just put my head down and go on my phone just so I'm not laughing when you're uh, reading some of those outrageous lines. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's the look on your face. Remember at the beginning when we first started this, I remember like doing the first read for like our first ad and I'm looking at you laughing. Like I can't even, like we used to just sit here and laugh for like four or five takes before we can get it going. We're a lot better now. <laughs> Bro, it wasn't even an ad read. You'd just be like, you'd be like, um, all right, welcome back to episode two of the Showbound. And I just be like, <laughs> <laughs> and we'd start dying laughing, man. But yeah, we've gotten a lot better. Yeah, I've kept a lot of the bloopers too. So maybe at some point we can give the listeners a blooper reel or something. But yeah, no, we, we've definitely come a long way. Anyway, um, yeah, we'll send it over to Hendrix Lapierre now. And I uh, hope you guys enjoy this one. Welcome to the pod, Lappy. Super happy to have you. How are you doing? Pretty good, you? Yeah, just hanging in there. I'm over in Sweden right now playing uh, with a few of the guys, just uh, just trying to get some games in. But uh, I know in your league, you guys are playing in the queue kind of on and off. And uh, you want to just tell the people kind of what's going on right now for you guys? Yeah, well, uh, we're pretty lucky because we can play. Um, you know, we're in bubbles right now. So we'll, we'll play against uh, like four or five teams uh, in like six or seven days. And and then we'll uh, we'll go back to our billets for like a week and just practice and then go back to bubbles again. Um, unfortunately, our last bubble, we played against a team that had COVID. So um, now we have to quarantine for, for 14 days. But, um, you know, it's, it's not that bad. We're doing like Zoom workouts and stuff and we're trying to um, we're trying to, you know, stay strong and hang in there. We've already done a quarantine back in November. So it's our second one as a team. Mine is my it's like my. Uh, fifth one I think so it's getting it's getting pretty long but you know it's it's fun just to be able to play the game so uh we can't really complain yeah for sure and I know it, it's good that uh Quebec's kind of giving you guys the nod and the uh that part of the uh the country anyway to at least try to play some games and salvage and I think it's cool how you guys got the bubbles going and I think we'll hopefully hear something from the O on that and maybe we can follow suit so we can uh meet you in the Mem Cup here this year yeah but, play with uh, contact eh <laughs> yeah no way man if we do that that'll be insane but yeah, uh no, it's pretty ridiculous eh? through this year you got uh to start the season i know it's been scattered but seven games you have 12 points in so how, how are you managing the season so far i know it's been scattered and whatnot but uh for you personally how's it going um you know it's it's going okay i think uh you know i've had some good games i've, I've, I've had some tougher ones um, I think the main thing right now for me is just to start playing games on a regular basis. You know, I, um, I'm kind of playing games, then stopping for like a month and then playing two games then stopping again. So I think for me, um, I only played uh, 18 games last year, my draft year. So I think for me, it's just to play games right now, get back in that rhythm of playing. And, uh, you know, of course with the bubbles right now, we're able to do so, um, when there's no cases. So um so yeah for me I think the main thing is just continue playing games but it's been it's been an okay start to the season in, in terms of uh 
in terms of the team, it's been really good. I think we we haven't lost many games, but um, personally, I just want to you know stay, stay more consistent. I guess. Yeah, I, I actually have a follow up question to that. So obviously, like when people don't play games, um, you know, if if you're out for injuries or whatever it is, when you come back, there's always that adjustment of game speed, you know, decision making and quickness that that you kind of lose when you're not playing games. Are you noticing that kind of for all the players? Is it a little bit? like spotty sometimes questionable decisions being made after a month of no games or something like that yeah i mean of course it's kind of tough to see but you, you'll you'll realize it you know there's a couple of plays that are made and you know like easy passes uh like in the center or whatever you're trying to find your guys in the slot or and the puck is just gonna you know do a little bounce or something and you kind of you can kind of feel it you know I, I feel like when you watch those guys you can't say like oh they haven't been playing for a while but you can see that it's a little off and um you know, you guys know it probably too, like after summer when you come to training camp. Yeah, you've been training, you know, the whole summer, but there's nothing like, you know, playing real games with contact and stuff. So um, I feel like I feel like it's at least everyone's in the same position, right? Like every team's playing the same number of games. So there's no teams that, that have a big advantage. But um, I feel like, yeah, you, you can see it. That's a little off, but uh, we'll get back in that rhythm. And I think it's just about like the game shape, you know, if 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 you're tired after 20, 25 seconds of your shift, of course, you're going to make more mistakes. So um, I feel like both things, uh, you know, they, they're pretty much relied together. Yeah, I can definitely understand where you're coming from there. I mean, you know, away from the game and you said like your fifth quarantine now. And uh, for the people who don't know, Lappy was at uh, the World Junior Camp this year. And uh, so can you kind of just tell us quickly about that? I know you guys had some difficulties with quarantine. Unfortunately, didn't make it this year, but set yourself up, obviously, for to be a key piece in the uh, run for gold next year, which I uh, imagine you'll uh, you'll do great in as you have in Team Canada uniform in the, your whole career so far. So what, what was that uh, that little experience like in the bubble for you? Yeah, uh, it was good. Of course, I, I think uh, I think it's fun to play and, and to see all those guys, you know, they're or really good players, of course. Um, but just to measure myself against those guys was pretty fun and to have the camp. Uh, you know, I, I didn't really play as good as I wanted. I had a tough camp, so um, I was kind of expecting to maybe not make the team this year. But I think, uh, you know, I, I know what my mistakes were. I know what I have to do best uh, to get to get back next year. And um, I've learned from from this camp a lot. So it was it a was good experience. You know, lots of great guys. It was fun to see the the old guys, the dub guys again, um, you know, for us in the queue, we don't see, we don't see you guys much. Same thing for you guys with us. So um, it was a great experience, of course. And uh, you know, I, I can't wait to, to get back at it next year. Yeah, that's, that's definitely exciting. And obviously you're a guy that um, everyone kind of knows is, is expecting to make that team next year and hopefully be a key piece. But I kind of want to take it back to uh, the QMJHL draft and we'll kind of work your way up your career to now, but you know, you went first overall to Chikudami and, um, the QMJHL draft is, is a lot cooler than the O draft for most of our Ontario listeners. You know, it's yeah. kind of like that NHL <laughs> feel in the arena. Like, what was Absolutely. that feeling like for you in the moment? Like, can you just take us through that? Yeah, well, uh, of course, it was amazing. As you mentioned, like, I think for you guys, it's online, right? So, um, yeah. you know, for us, there's like, the, you know, the big stage and, uh, you know, a lot of people and, and everyone's just watching. And so it's, it's, it's really fun. It was a great day. Uh, um, you know, I didn't know uh, I was going to, to Shikurimi at first. Um, you know, I was ranked to go there, but I, I really had no idea. So for me, when I arrived there, was still uh, I was still, you know, a little stressed out about the whole situation. And, um, you know, you arrive there, you see, you know, the stands and, and the big scenes and TV and stuff. So um, it was a pretty nice day, uh, you know, seeing all my buddies drafted too. Because, of course, when you're, you know, in the O2 class, you know, a lot of, a lot of guys from this class. So, um you know, lots of buddies of mine got drafted, uh, and, and I, it was just a special day. And I think for for me, my family, I mean, um, you guys have, have, have lived it too. It's it's just pretty fun to now say you can play for a junior team and and try to work hard and help this team win. So I got a th- this one was a fan question, and you know, I I moved it up into here. We'll do some fan questions at the end because I actually didn't know, but I realized that uh, you played double A just two years before the draft. So like, at what point did you realize? you know, I'm, I'm really good at hockey. I might be able to make a career here. Like, how did that go for you to, to switch to AAA and, and, and that situation playing double A? Like, how was that? Yeah, it's actually weird. Cause when I was a kid, like when I was like in, in like novice and Adam, I was really uh, like, I, I feel like I, I had a little step, you know, I was, I was kind of, uh, kind of really good, I guess. That's um, fair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just trying to not be a, and then when I arrived like in Pee Wee and Bandam, I had, I had really like tougher years, you know, uh, 
I think, you know, hockey was starting to be more serious and um, I don't know, maybe I wasn't prepared, but in Pee Wee, I had really two tough years and Bantam, uh, my first year, I actually played double A, as you mentioned, I got cut from triple A. So, um, and then after that, uh, I think during my Bantam triple A year, I just, uh, which is my second Bantam year, I just, I guess I started really working and, um, you know, putting my, my efforts really into hockey and training hard in the summer, uh, which I really haven't done before. And I feel like it was, it was really, it was really different. You know, I don't know why during the Bantam AAA year, it just went like this. And, uh, and then when I arrived in Midget AAA, I was, uh, you know, had a, had a lot of confidence, had a great summer and uh, I just, it went well and um, started working really hard again. And, and I think I, I just, you know, I think what really helped me is maybe my, my passion, you know, I really have a big passion for the game. So, Maybe in Bantam or Midget, you know, guys are not willing to do you know little things to to get better because it's just, you know, it's 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 serious, but it's kind of for fun at the same time. You know what I mean? So, um, you know, there's a couple of guys in there that know that they they I guess they won't make it. So I feel like uh, for me it was it was that. But yeah, during Midget AAA was really the year where I said, okay, well, you know what? Like maybe um, maybe I can I can get drafted in the queue, and maybe in the queue I can I can try to do some 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 things and and work my way up and. Um, yeah, it's, it's a tough question to answer, you know, I feel like, uh, but I feel like that Bantam double a year was, uh, was kind of beneficial for me because made me realize that, you know, if, if you want to have something, you got to get it and it's not going to be easy. Yeah. And I can remember going back to what Lappy just said about him being like really good when he was young. I remember playing him at the brick tournament. And for, for those who don't know, it's, uh, it's like when you're like, what, nine or 10. Um, yeah. It was in old 12. So it wasn't 12. So yeah, we were 10. Yeah. Yeah. 10 years old. And this guy was dirty. I remember playing Montreal and he, he was flying around and then, uh, you could just tell he was going to be a player. And then, uh, when we met back up at the U-17s, I was like, well, yeah, he hasn't lost a step since then. Uh, U-17s <laughs> was pretty fun, eh, Cardi? Yeah, we had a great time there. That's where, uh, for I the listeners, uh, I met Lappy, and yeah, we kind of hit it off there. We were really good buddies there and uh, just had a really good time. So that was sweet. And then after after the draft there, we'll just get into your first year a little bit. Uh, just under a point per game, 45 points in 48 games. You won the Michael Bergeron Trophy as the league's offensive rookie of the year. So, what was the adjustment like from midget to uh, to the queue? Obviously, you did very well. And uh, can you kind of just tell us about that year a bit? Yeah, uh, you know, first year in the queue. Obviously, uh, it's probably the same thing for you guys when you arrive in the new league. You're always like, oh, like you know, what's what is it going to be like? Mm-hmm. Um, f- for me, you know, personally, I had the chance to have like really good vets and stuff. So, like my captain and. Uh, really showed me the way and the other vets too so I got pretty lucky on 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 that part of the thing I I guess but um it, it was it was a good year you know uh you have to make new adjustments of course the guys are you know it's a cliche but the guys are really bigger the guys are really stronger you know faster so you have less time with the puck but for me I guess it went pretty well you know as I mentioned the the vets did a really good job to make me feel uh make me feel good and I had lots of opportunities to start you know I had power play time I had a lot of five on five time so um, I think it was good for the confidence and, um, you know, I just, I kept working and I kept, uh, you know, trying to get better every day. And I think it, it paid off, uh, in that first year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the production speaks for itself too. And, and it was nice to obviously nice to get awarded and, uh, the recognition from the league. So, um, Yannick Jean, is that how you pronounce the name of your coach? I'm not great with the French names. Yeah. Well, well in French it's Yannick Jean. So I like, okay. I guess you can say like Yannick, Yannick Jean, but, uh, okay. it's, it's a nice try. It's pretty good. It's tough to say. Yeah. Well, another French name, Phil Mayette, told me that you guys had the same junior coach, and he's uh, on Washington now. Um, he said that he's really intense, like really hard. What, what's what's he like? Yeah, he's he's pretty intense, of course. Uh, I think I think he was uh, like a little extra, like when he was uh, like uh, um, before in his career. You know, I think he now he's kind of <laughs> relaxed more. But I've heard some stories uh, of him. You know. Uh, uh, when he came into the league and stuff, and he's still pretty intense. Um, I think he just wants us to get better. He really loves the game. He he wants to win, um, and I and I kind of like that, you know, because I, I hate losing as well. And I feel like uh, you know when you're a coach, uh, the best gift you can give your players is to make them earn their ice time. And you know, if you work, you're gonna have ice time, and if you don't, then just you're not gonna play. So uh, I feel like he's a really good coach, really intense, loves the game. Um, you know, he wants us to work, and uh, and of course he's. Uh, you know, he's, he's a good person too. So that's, that's pretty fun. Every time we have something, we can go, uh, 
but yeah, it, it's pretty intense. <laughs> I, I, I think, uh, I think a lot of coaches who have been in the game for a long time have kind of had to tone it down a bit too, though. Like you, you yeah. go back in the day and these guys the are real hard asses. And then, uh, and then kind of now you got to soften up, uh, a little bit. So I guess that's what happened with your coach there. Yeah, absolutely. I think so too. I, you know, you, you heard the, you hear the term like old school a lot and, um, you know, he's been in the league for, for a lot of time, but I think, uh, I think he knows that, that I guess it's changing and, uh, he's really, uh, he's really, he's been really good for me in, in my three years there and still good this year. Cards. How intense was Reich's Warren Reichel for listeners when he came into Barry, he came in screaming, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah, I guess I you were, no, you never had Reich's, did you? Yeah, I did. I had okay. Reich for a six game period and, uh, I love Reich's man. Uh, oh, he's a great off. dude. Just so that, was, that was a new coach in Barry. Yeah, Warren Reichel, and he, this guy, he played in the show for a while, and he uh, he brought the old-school mentality to Barry for yeah. sure, and I, I loved it, dude, and he, he was a beauty, too, and that's probably, uh, he, he's a crazy dude, but uh, at the same time, I love him to death. Yeah, no, Reich, Reich was a great guy, but I just remember, I guess because you weren't there at the beginning, but when he came in, because it was Mills, he was coaching the preseason, mm-hmm. and, uh, and Mills, he's intense, too, but when Reich came in, it was just like, you know, smashing sticks on the ice screaming. Like it was like you felt oh, really, it eh? when he came yeah. in. It... Wow. Okay. Now our coaches, no, my, my coaches, maybe not at that point yet, but I, I can see the, the kind of coach that is. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I just, I want, I want to drop it for the listeners since we, since I brought it up, but Phil Mayette, he's a guy on the Washington Capitals just played his first game and he's going to be our guest next week. So um, Lappy, you gotten anything on him? Do you know him at all? I know uh, he said you guys were texting a bit. Yeah, well, uh, we we saw each other in Washington uh, a little bit. You know, played on the same line for a bit at the camp in Washington. It was fun to uh, to see another guy from Quebec there and speak French. I was actually when he came into the lobby at the hotel and we saw each other for the first time. He was like with a couple of the guys, and I said like, "Oh, hi, I'm Lappy, I'm Lappy." And then he just starts speaking in French. I'm like, "Wow," I'm like, "Hi," and then he's talking French, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm from Quebec. My name's Phil." I'm like, "Wow, okay, I didn't know there was a guy from Quebec here." So. Um, so I was kind of surprised, but he's a, he's a really nice guy. He's honestly, his camp was really good. Uh, you know, I think he's, he's a really fast skater, uses it well. He's a good, good player. And, um, but yeah, I texted him, I think yesterday just to tell him congrats, um, for his first game, but that, that's pretty much it. Uh, I guess we'll, we'll see each other at the camp next year, but, uh, but really good guy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to have him on, but anyway, I want to keep it going here with your second year in the queue. And, um, I know you mentioned it earlier, you'd only played a few games, uh, there were some injury problems. Cardi was letting me, letting me know you had a, a few major concussions. Like, I just want to know how how do you deal with that? First of all, the injuries, but then also it, it being in your draft year, really cutting your game short. Like, how does that affect you mentally? You know, not not knowing if this could affect your draft or you might slip. What is that like? Yeah, it was tough. It was it was tough for me because uh, you know, of course, as you mentioned, it was my draft year and. Um, you know, so I, I started the year and it, it didn't, didn't go really well. And, you know, I wasn't playing really well. Uh, I don't know why, you know, my games weren't going very well. Um, and then after that, uh, in, in October, I got hit. And then um, I was out for like only a week. And we thought it was a concussion at first. Um, and then I, I went back, played November, uh, got hit again. And then, you know, we thought it was a concussion again because I had headaches and um, it, you know, it was, it was kind of a weird situation, but then after a while, you know, I was just, I was training every day. I was on the ice every day. Um, I was feeling well, but I had like little headaches, like in the morning and stuff. It was, it was kind of weird. So, um, so we went to, to go check my neck and it was actually a neck injury. Um, I think it's vertebrae or I don't know how you say it, like vertebrae. Yeah. 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 So, so they were all twisted and stuck, which, which gave me headaches. So that was really good news for me. Um, to learn because you know when when you're 18 and you think you've had like three concussions um, you know it's pretty scary but uh, to see that it was my neck was I guess it was uh, it was kind of good for me it gave me like confidence to say okay well you know what like I can go back and um, you know not not really risk my head or stuff so that was really good but yeah it was a tough year you know draft year you want to play you want to help your teammates we had a really good team in Shikurumi so of course, I wanted to be a part of that, but uh, being away from the from you know what you love the most in the world is is tough. But I feel like now it's it's in the past. I can put that in my you know my experience bag, I guess. And and if someone gets hurt or whatever, I can try and help them in my team or just support them because I know how it feels. But uh, you know, I can go on for days with with this injury. But it was it was a tough year. Uh, it was a tough year. Yeah. Yeah, and like, do you find yourself? 
just checking the, the draft rankings, like, oh my God, I'm slipping. I'm not getting games. Like, and, and when it came to meetings with teams, how did those go? Like they were probably always asking, like they might've felt that taking you in the first round would be a risk with, with injuries at a young age. Like, how was that for you? Yeah. Uh, especially when we thought it was concussions, you know, the teams were talking about it. They were like, wow, like two or three concussions in less than a year. Like, you know, do you really think we can risk it on you and stuff? And I was just like, I was like, yeah, well, you know, I think I'll, I'll keep working and then, and then, um finally when we realized it was a neck injury that pretty much changed everything you know I was talking to the teams and they were making sure my my neck was good and um you know it's not that it's not a you know a big injury but it's you know having a neck injury is is I guess is uh is better than having two concussions you know what I mean so um the teams were really optimistic about it after they were really I think they were really checking making sure they were uh you know that that my neck was okay and uh my agent and everyone in the team made a really good job to like tell the teams, you know, the, the real stuff. And, um, but you know, I, I wasn't really looking at the draft rankings because I, I couldn't play right. So I couldn't do anything to, to help it. So even if I was um, ranked, like, I don't know, end of the first round or whatever, I was like, well, I can't do anything about it. So I'm, I'm, I'm not going to watch it. You know, I we'll see what happens, but, um, but yeah, I feel like, uh, you know, I, I'm really happy that I got drafted to Washington because, um, with all the uncertainty of, of the year, I didn't know what, what was going to happen. Yeah, and like you just mentioned, really happy to go to Washington. I don't think draft day could have gone much better for you. I, th- I know uh, that was your favorite team growing up, so that uh, that couldn't have been too, too bad at all. Um, but kind of that day, the day of the draft for you, I remember uh, seeing some posts that you guys were at the at the arena with you and Mercer, correct, there? and then, Yeah, uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so you guys got to go to the arena like some others did during the draft and uh, kind of enjoy it with your families and uh, their other family there. Um, so what what was that day like for you, just being there with your family? Yeah, it was it was amazing. Like my family got tested. Um, my girlfriend too. They got they got tested. They came from from Gatineau to Shkudimi, which is you know my hometown to my club team. It's like a seven hour ride. So um, I was really happy that, that they were going to be there. Um, of course, you know, draft day, you, you know, you want to spend it with your, with your family, I guess, cause they're the ones that help you the most get there. But, um, you know, just being with, uh, with, as you mentioned with Mercer, you know, uh, and with my other teammates, the coaching staff, my family, I think everyone, you know, even if it, if it wasn't the draft at the bell center, like, like we should have had, it was really, it was an amazing, you know, night. And, um, seeing Mercer get drafted and seeing one of my other teammates get drafted the day after was, was pretty special and uh just being with my family as i mentioned was uh was was good but i was really happy to go to washington and uh kind of surprised but really happy yeah so that kind of leads me into the next thing you were you were a bit surprised with washington who who did you kind of feel like was going to take you if uh if you had a gut feeling on any team going into it um it's a tough question you know i, I think i like washington i wasn't expecting it because i didn't really talk to them much uh compared to other teams um but it's tough to say. Like, I think, uh, I think, I think when New York drafted to get 19, I was maybe like, okay, well, maybe that can be me. You know, I had a lot of interviews with New York, and I think they they went well. So, um, but aside from that, I think you know, I was just I was just waiting. You know, I, when when Washington traded for 22, I honestly I wasn't really thinking it was going to be me. And uh, and then they they drafted me, which was pretty special. But if I had one feeling with another team I think it was it was 19 with with New York but um of course didn't happen now and and really happy to be a be a Caps cards this one's kind of for you um just how many guys have we had on this podcast where we're like where did you think you were gonna go they'll say they had a bunch of conversations with one team and then team that they barely talked to ends up picking them like in the in the first round it's like how (laughs) I don't know how much emphasis they place on the meetings and stuff it's it's just weird hearing that all the like consistently that yeah, the team yeah that, that's true yeah that's true weird. I hear it a lot too like it's it's kind of weird but I feel like yeah meetings are just to, like I guess know the guy and some teams I guess they don't really feel the need to because cards your draft year is, is next year right well is I it... was draft eligible this year I slipped out but yeah now I'm draft eligible again so okay yeah okay, okay. but yeah is it going well in Sweden yeah I'm playing pretty well over here he's so, lighting uh, it up he's lighting it up actually. I'm doing well, all I right. I saw you score. I, I saw you. Uh, you had a you had a hat trick the other day, right? Yeah, yeah. I got uh, that was my first goal, and then the hattie. But yeah, no, it, it's going pretty well. So hopefully, set myself up. Maybe I'll see you in the in Washington. Who knows? But uh, no, <laughs> yeah, that would be sick, eh? Yeah, hundred percent. Reunite the boys. But um, 
no like i feel like yeah it's like a lot of uncertainty really it's like best guy available they're gonna take the pick and i mean when lap is available at 22 like obviously washington's gonna jump on him especially uh kind of guy who didn't play much and that's a steal i feel like at 22 easily appreciated carzy yeah. <laughs> it's just i guess maybe teams are looking for any red flags more so than like having long conversations like if they have one conversation that might be enough to know if this guy's just a horrible person or not and then they know yeah exactly like, yeah but i feel like if the draft uh that's what i thought like if the draft was in in, in june um i feel like i, I would have uh went like later um but you know like after june i had the chance to, to start the year in shikurimi in september and august and i did really well there so i feel like the the kind of uh uh uncertainties were like okay well you know maybe maybe he's really okay to play now when he's good and um it was really his neck so um i feel like if the draft was in june i i probably wouldn't have got i wouldn't have gone to 22 but uh pretty happy that it wasn't october then Mm-hmm. that's a very fair point and, and a good advantage for a QMJHL player there but absolutely um, absolutely we'll get to kind of a, a maybe a disadvantage of the QMJHL right now in a second but you you went to the Washington Capitals camp this year and we touched on it a bit earlier but this was an experience kind of like not many rookies are going to get where you're basically around the entire actual playing roster um, because obviously smaller camps with COVID but what was that like you know your first camp basically being with the actual NHL team how was that? Yeah, it was awesome. It was a great experience. Uh, you know, when I arrived in Washington, um, you know, there's like there's like a, an hotel that the guys go to all the time. Uh, that's right besides the rink. So, uh, you know, I arrived at the hotel. There was like lots of lots of nice stuff around the rink. Actually, the the rink is like on the eighth floor of a of a mall. So you're at the hotel and you just walk to the mall. You take the elevator. You go to the rink and then you you just see like the Caps logo and, and the ring. So that, that was pretty special for me. Just seeing that first, you know, having that first look, it's, um, it's always like that when you see something new, you know, whether it's in your junior team or whatever. So um, for me, it was, it was pretty fun. And just to, you know, to, to see those guys, of course, I mean, Ovechkin was one of my favorite players growing up, uh, Backstrom, Kuznetsov, Oshie, you know, all those guys, all, all those players uh, are, are really amazing and, and lots of, lots of good person that, in that group, I feel like um so yeah it was it was good seeing seeing the installations the staff everything uh definitely a great experience it was short but it was it was great yeah you you step into a locker room of legends like you're literally on a team of some of the best players in the world but uh did any of those guys any anyone on the team kind of take you under your wing or under their wing while you were there um it's it's tough to say I think uh you know for uh, Zach Fucali and Daniel Sprong, I, I spent a lot of time with them, um, you know, at the hotel, um, because obviously they're, they're two guys from Quebec, so you know, Fucali just texted me, he's like, uh, You can come to my room tonight, I'm gonna make you a steak, whatever. So <laughs> I was that was pretty nice, and he showed me a couple couple tips on how to how to cook stuff because I was pretty bad, and um, so he, he showed me a lot of stuff, but uh, for the NHL guys, I think, uh, I got like Tom Wilson or maybe Brendan Dillon. They were just really nice to me. Uh, maybe not took me under their wing, but they were really nice to me. They were, you know, uh, giving me a lot of tips, uh, you know, talking about hockey and stuff. So I feel like those two guys were, uh, were, were really nice. Of course there was other, other nice guys, but I feel like Wilson and Dillon were, uh, you know, they, they were really, they were really cool. I yeah. think, I think Sorry, Tom Wilson's a guy you might want to have on your side. I mean, if you, if you got that guy protecting you out yeah. there, you got no worries when you step into the show, that guy will eat people alive for you. Yeah, no, he's, he's, he's big. And, you know, I, I thought, I know, I think during his first year, Wilson was really recognized as a guy who hits, you know, he, he's like, he was recognized as a tough guy, but I feel like now he's just, he has like that scoring touch, that passing touch that makes him so like versatile and dangerous. He can, you know, he can hit, he can shoot, he can pass, he can do pretty much everything. So I was actually really surprised to, to see that, you know, because, um, of course, like when you go back a couple of years, like Tom Wilson, he's just a guy that, you know, he was really good. Like he had a lot of talent and stuff, but mm-hmm. he wasn't scoring 25 or, or and I feel like this year he's had a tremendous start and he's he's just so big and so strong and so good that uh, that I feel like it's it's going to be a. It's good. I mean, I feel, I feel like it should be a really good problem for teams. A good, yeah. Not a good problem, but a big problem. Yeah. yeah. No, you're you're right about that. I mean, he's a guy who can do it all, and and uh, there's very few players in the NHL like him now. And um, I just want to go one more question, kind of like the disadvantage, like I said, with the Q is, um, you know, leaving that Washington camp, you're going back to the QMJHL. Whereas, you know, if you were an OHL player, you'd probably be in the AHL right now playing there. So, what are your thoughts on that situation? Like, uh, 
I mean, obviously you said you're happy with where you're at in Shakutami, but you know, it's a huge kind of advantage to get to play in the AHL at this age. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like it's a big advantage, of course. Um, you know, one thing I was pretty happy about going to juniors is because I feel like, you know, during my two first years, I didn't play much, especially last year. So I feel like I really had some things to prove in junior. Um, I really want to be able to tell myself like, okay, I've done what I had to do in juniors. Now I can go to the pro level. You know what I mean? So um, when it, when he sent me back to juniors, I was actually, I was pretty happy because I knew I had a lot of things to prove and I knew I still need to improve my game. But um, if they sent me in the HL, I would have been, I would have been pretty happy too. Of course, you know, it's, it's a, it's a great challenge, but um, for me, I think just confidence wise. And as I mentioned, I, I didn't play much games, you know, in, in the past year or so just going in, in juniors and having a lot of ice time and stuff. I think, I think it can be pretty good for me. And um, so, yeah, there's, there's a couple advantages, disadvantage, like disadvantages too, but, uh, but I'm, I'm happy to be in Shikurumi right now. Yeah. It's good to be back happy and healthy there. And uh, hopefully you guys get out of this quarantine and you start buzzing. I know uh, you'll definitely be putting up points and yeah, like you said, lots of proof didn't haven't played too many games. So that'll be nice for you. Hopefully uh, go on a deep playoff run too, which I have no doubt you guys will. Um, we're just going to send it back to the summer kind of. And like, I know we, we both had a, a long off season this year um, with COVID cancellations during our season and stuff, but uh, what kind of off season training do you do? And like, is there anything specific um, that you kind of do? Yeah. Well, first of all, I just want to know, Mikey, do you, do you, do you still play right now? Yeah. Eh? No, I mean, we actually, I talked to cards about this. I did sign with like a minor pro team, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just with COVID and stuff. It's not worth it. So I'm not, I'm done. Not playing. Okay. You're done. Yeah. Okay, I just I just wanted to make sure, like, uh, like if you were still playing the game or whatever. But all right, that's- I'm not even good, man. <laughs> that's all right, man. Your podcast uh, he's, is good. So. He's, he's the he's the brains of the operation, and uh, and uh, yeah, we'll give him the pretty face because he always wants that uh, that recognition. <laughs> there we go. So I, I guess we'll we'll uh, give him. I'll that give it one. to him. I'll give <laughs> it to him. I gave you the brains of the operation uh, status. But uh, all right, that's good to know. But yeah, for the summer, I think uh, you know, uh, for me, it's I train in Montreal, so. Um, which is two hours away from, from my hometown. I live at my, uh, at my agent's house actually in the summer. I've been living there for the past four years um, in, in summer. So um, we have a facility called Aki with, Etc. Uh, with my agency. And there's a nice gym, a couple three-on-three rinks and four-on-four rinks. So um, I've been training there for the past four summers. It's actually, I think it's, it's where my hockey game really started to grow. It's, you know, uh, past four years, you go back to Bantam AAA, which is kind of where I started to, I guess grow back. So I feel like uh, it's kind of related together, but um, lots of power skating, lots of, uh, lots of strength stuff, cardio stuff. Of course, in the summer, you're trying to get um, not, not really bigger, but I'd say just stronger, you know, for me as a, with the type of player I am, I don't feel like I need to be, you know, 200 pounds. So in the summer, it's more about maintaining my, you know, my muscle and, and trying to get, get, you know, uh, stronger and faster. So uh I've been there for the past four years. It's amazing. And, and I really like it. Uh, really like it there. Yeah. And I remember you talking about that at U 17s. Cause I know we talked about you just living at your agents and stuff. And that, that's a huge sacrifice that people got to understand moving away from summer, from your hometown to kind of just put everything into hockey. And uh, it's obviously paying big. Uh, yeah, I think benefit. that was my, I think that was my first. Actually, I think that, no, maybe that was my second summer there. I, I can't remember, but you know, it, it it went pretty well at the at the U17s when we were together, and um, mm. so I feel like it was really about you know yeah that training and and just uh, you know just the way I guess I was preparing in, in the summer. But uh, you know my mm. agent's been it's been really good for me, and I remember we've talked about it too. Like it was, it's not something you see I guess I guess often, but um, you know I guess it's a sacrifice you you got to make, and I don't really see it as sacrifice. You know it's it's just it's so fun being there and the people are, are great to me. So um, I just really enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. And uh, whatever works for, for people best, uh, you got to work with it. And, uh, but next we, we always ask everyone who kind of comes on here. Cause we, we have a lot of signed show players who come on and sign prospects like yourself. So was there any big purchase made when, uh, when you signed your contract? <laughs> no, there was not. Uh, like right now, I honestly, like I didn't, touch one dollar of what i received like i only received my first check um which is like half of half of you know what, what i'm supposed to receive but um i didn't maybe i'll buy like a golf bag or something like i started playing golf last summer i know you're 
getting good at it. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, I started playing last summer. I love it. Like just being with friends on the course and just, you know, I guess chilling and um, it's pretty, it's pretty relaxing sport when you don't miss the ball like three times in a row, which get frustrating yeah, after. It but, could be yeah. relaxing, but it could piss yeah, you that's, off. So. Yeah. That's, I always feel like, oh well, yeah, it's fun. It's relaxing. But at the same time, like <laughs> when I hit like two bad shots, I'm like, and I'm really bad at golf. So I hit a lot of bad shots. So I'm, I'm frustrated at the 18 a lot of the time. So, um, but yeah, a golf bag would probably be, probably be one. And then, um, maybe a car, um, not, no, I don't think I, I need one soon. Like, uh, right now I have, a the team, the team gives me a, well, not gives me a car. Like there's, well, they actually like passed me a car. Um, so I, I have that right now, but, uh, but yeah, maybe just a golf bag would be my first, uh, my, my first one this summer. A golf bag and then, uh, and then we'll get a car and then, and a trunk for you to put that golf bag in. You'll be rolling. Yeah. Looking yeah, great. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> then but I just get... don't know. Like, I don't know cars. Like, I don't know, like cars and stuff. Like I've never been like big into it. So I don't know, like, I don't know if the prices are good and stuff. So I just, I, I'm just waiting and I, you know, I don't have any, any press to buy a car. So yeah it's good to be responsible so it's good you're not blowing it already at a yeah game. trying to trying uh, to be I got, responsible I got one more question then we'll go into the fan questions um but you know obviously we, we've talked about a few times you guys met at the u17s what was it like when you first met cards did, did you think he was like somebody's kid or something <laughs> no not that bad i mean it's, it was it was pretty funny of course like that's i think that's why we click because uh i i talk a lot you know uh, as you guys maybe realize you know i, I like to talk and i'm always mm-hmm. like that's good you know, for us. And stuff. Yeah. So uh, w- when I met like Cardi at the U17s, I think we were two of the guys that were talking the most in the team. And <laughs> Cardi was just funny. Like, not not that he that, that he seemed like he didn't care, but he was just he was there to have fun. You know what I mean? Like, you know, some guys were really serious and focused and kind of stressed about the whole situation. Yeah. But I feel like like me and Cardi were just there to, to have fun, and we were serious at the same time. Don't get mm-hmm. me wrong, but like mm-hmm. we had fun and, and cool down warm ups and stuff. We talked a lot and. Um, there was a couple other guys too that that were fun to hang out with there, but uh, but we had a good team, so so it was fun too. Yeah, yeah, we had a, we had a lot of good laughs and Rask. I did not. I actually I did look that young. I might have passed as somebody's kid back then, but uh, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I think he, he kind of looked young, but it wasn't that bad. Like, we were all young at that time, so we were like what yeah, 16, 15? Yeah, so. we're all 15, 16 year olds showing up there. But yeah, no, we had a we had a good group of guys that we hung out there. I know Clanner was in there, Poirier, and uh, yeah. yeah we- we had a lot of laughs. That was a, uh, that was a hilarious week. And, uh, I know a lot of people say it's kind of like a grind and stuff, but I feel like our attitudes and stuff about just like being there to have a good time, but also being there for business just, uh, made it a lot more. Yeah. Fun. Like, and that's, that's how, like, you know, I feel like when you like, let's say serious people or whatever, like the way, the way we were able to meet each other is because we were talking and stuff. Like we weren't mm-hmm. afraid to, we were just there to have fun and meet new people, like lots of new old guys and dub guys that I met. Uh, same thing for you, probably with Q guys and, and dub guys. So, um, you know, I think, yeah, I think it was fun. That's, that's why it makes it so fun to, to go there. You know, when you go back there, you see your, see your old buddies and um, you're there to play hockey. It's really fun. And, uh, but at the same time, as you mentioned, when you can be serious, it's like the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. No, it's good. It's good to keep it light. Like it's important, and and that's a good quality in both of you. And and for sure, I've seen it in Cardi. But uh, like I, I like guys who can, you know, you know when to dial it, and you know when it's business mode. But you know, you don't have to walk around with a straight face all the time. Like you can crack a smile. Yeah, exactly. Um, no, exactly. So okay, so we'll take it into some fan questions now. We had a lot. I had to just pick a pick a few of them. But I guess first one, uh, did you watch the Super Bowl? Yeah, I did. I uh, like I, I actually I started playing golf this summer, but I started watching football too. So, um, so yeah. Well, I mean, maybe not this summer, but the start of the year. So I had to watch Super Bowl. How about you guys? I did. Cards? Did you? Yeah, man. I stayed up. It started at twelve thirty here. I went to bed at like four thirty. It was a grind, but uh, well, hopefully it was it. not game day. Yeah, no. It what? Well, we played, and then so we had a few days off. So coach okay, gave us Monday good. off. So had to take the opportunity. There we go. Who are you going for, Lappy? The Bucks or the Chiefs? Yeah, the Bucks. Uh, I think. Uh, I think just I wanted you know Brady to continue his, his legacy, I guess. And uh, I didn't really start. Uh, you know, I, I know a couple of guys and stuff in, in football, um, a couple of players, but like I don't know enough players to have a team to cheer for and stuff. So for me right now, it's just about like 
Brady continuing his legacy and what he was able to do on the field uh, uh, Sunday was just, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, it speaks for itself. You know, it's just like I, I, 31 9 against like the best offense in the, I know that's, that's the defense too. The defense played awesome for, for the Bucs, but Brady mm-hmm. just so consistent, you know, not throwing, um, you know, stupid balls. And, you know, he, I think he, he finished like under 300 yards, but he was just so, like so, so good out on the field and just like so focused and dialed in. It was, it was pretty impressive. You know, like Tyron Matthew goes to chirp him and he just throws a rocket right in Brown's hands. Like besides Matthew, like that's pretty special. You know, it's not everyone has the guts to do so. So, yeah, no, he's he's dialed in out there. The guy's he, debatably the greatest greatest athlete of all time. So, no, for sure, yeah, it was absolutely. it's awesome to watch and to see him continue that. And um, we'll get back into the hockey ones here. Do you have any pregame rituals or superstitions that you like to follow? Oh, I have a lot. I'm, I have a, like on game days, I have, I have a routine. Like I won't get into it a lot because I have like stuff that I do in the morning and, and just a game day. But, um, you know, I always try to do the, the same thing before games. You know, I, I eat at the same time before games. Uh, I get a good nap. Um, and then when I arrive at the rink, uh, just the same routine that I follow all the time, you know, get treated, then, go for him like some first stretches and elastic stuff and then go for the warm up. And then uh, after warm up, I, I always sit in the stands um, with one of my good buddies in the team, uh, Krista Farmer. He's, he's one of my buddies. And uh, we've been doing that since we first came in the league together. He was 17. I was 16. And we, we were just sitting in the stands, um, you know, until there's like 18 minutes left uh, before, before warm up. So I feel like that's, that's one, uh, that's one superstition that has, you know, stayed in my old junior career, just sitting in the stands at the same seat, you know, till the same time uh, with my, with my bodies. Yeah. All right. Nice. I like that one. Are you a uh, same pregame meal every time or do you change it up? I actually change it. I know, I know a lot of guys, like, I don't know about you guys, but like for me, I, I always switch it up. You know, sometimes it can be like um, chicken and rice. Sometimes it can be like salmon and sweet potatoes. I used to go for pastas a lot, but uh, like apparently it's not good anymore for so. I, I just try to go for like uh, like chicken or salmon and stuff, and it's worked out pretty well for me. So, um, depending on the day, I'll. But no, I'm not superstitious about the meal. You know, I can eat uh, pretty much pretty much everything before game. Mm-hmm. Okay, and a lot of people, I think like five or six people, ask what stick do you use in the specs? Like what flex and curve? Uh, I have the CCM FD3. I think I'm not a big sticks guy, honestly. Like I, like I. I, I Actually, I have one. Doesn't here. know his yeah, own yeah, stick. It's, yeah, it's his FD3 75 flex cross speaker, really basic, like bubble grip. Yeah. Um, like, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know why. Like, I, I know a lot of stuff about like sticks, but I just, I don't really care like about it. I just play the game, and um, I, I won't change my tape a lot and stuff like, I, like a lot of guys do. So yeah, uh, FD3 75 flex uh, cross speaker bubble grip that's it all right that's the stick okay we're gonna have like 30 listeners buying that now but <laughs> <laughs> um favorite memory from shakutami so far do you have one? Oh boy that's a tough one like there's a lot of good memories uh, I that i have in shakutami i like i'll go for 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 a basic i think just the playoffs you know my first playoffs it's pretty like you know, it's not really original, but my first playoffs in the queue were, you know, we lost in four, right? So, like, it wasn't, you know, like, we didn't have a long run, um, but it was just, like, it was insane. We went my second, my first game of, of playoffs, like, um, I think we scored with, like, a second left to tie it up. Then we went into overtime, lost in an overtime. Second game, uh, we went to fourth overtime lost in fourth overtime. I think that was the second longest game in the queue ever. Wow. So, we had, like, bunch of like chicken and rice after like the third the third ot like a bunch of candies and stuff so we were just like trying to stay you know energized um but yeah my my and of course the fans that in shikudumi were were awesome for game three and four even if we lost so i feel like my first playoffs in shikudumi was uh was really good there's a couple of really nice moments with the boys but uh but this one sticks out to me yeah we we talk about a lot with other guests like how different the mindset and mentality just the feeling walking into the rink on playoffs how different it is from the regular season like i don't know why though like yeah. like i as a player you're supposed to like you know be ready for regular games playoff games like the same mentality but there's just something about 
the, the playoffs that makes it like I don't know that makes it so special or so I I, I guess you just you know if you lose you're gonna go home so maybe as that's that that kind of sense of like oh well I, I want to keep playing I don't know honestly yeah no it's it's just a whole new atmosphere and and actually something I I have brought up with a few players and I want to know your take on it um when you go into the playoffs you know in the regular season it's all it's a lot about personal success I mean you're winning as a team but you know you, you're focused on yourself getting points it's the way it is um that goes out the window in playoffs like no one really cares you're not coming out of the first period oh I have a point like I'm chilling you're like we, we got to win this game do you notice that in the in the group yeah sometimes like during regular season maybe sometimes guys will will joke about points and stuff um but I feel like in in playoffs it's really you know of course it's about the the team and stuff and in the regular season too don't get me wrong but um but yeah I feel like I feel like maybe you can see a little a little more maybe it's because the adrenaline or just a sense of you don't want to lose or, or stuff but um but like I, what I realized is like this year in the queue like our we only play like 40 games ish so all games count right so it's I think like it's a little less maybe not selfish but the guys are really focused into into winning more you know because if you lose one you, you maybe you drop in the standings or and you don't have you don't have a lot of time to catch up which you do in a 68 season game right so um game season so um but yeah i can i can see i can see it a little bit yeah yeah and i don't i don't mean it in a bad way like obviously it's important you need to have personal success like you're playing as a team but you're also there to try to make the nhl so like it's not a not a horrible thing but points aren't everything anyway um yeah, exactly okay a couple everyone asked this probably like 20 people what was it like meeting ovi and did you get any stories about him uh actually I, I i met him yeah like we we i just said like hey i'm lobby said i'm ob nice to meet you and stuff but we didn't really talk much um so i don't really have stories you know um are you intimidated like when you walk up and introduce yourself is that one of those guys you're just like oh it's yeah a well actually like it was weird because it was my actually i was getting like we were we were in quarantine for seven days when uh like before camp and we had to get tested and and so I went to the rink and I and I got tested. It was my my last day of quarantine, I think. So I was good. And then I just see like a car pulling up, and then I'm like, I'm like, oh, is that Ovi? And he just parks right in front, and he just like gets out of his car, and he's like, I'm like, hey, I'm Lappy, nice to meet you. And then he goes, and well, he actually went like, hey, I'm I'm Ovi, nice to meet you. And then I'm like, hey, I'm Lappy. And then he's like, we'll catch up later. I'm like, okay. And then it just like we didn't talk much after that, but um, you know, he's just like. He's, he's he's just uh, his shot is insane and he's just really good of course uh maybe i'll have more stories uh after next year's camp which will be uh, um, a little longer but uh but for this year it was just uh, it was special meeting him for like of course yeah that that's so cool and then and then one more a lot of people asked chara you guys have a good picture together i saw in, in practicing so you know what what was he like at all and he's a new guy to the team too so probably just a little nervous for himself maybe yeah, well, you know, of course, Chara's, uh, you know, is, is a really, really good guy. I think, um, you know, just the success he had speaks for itself. You know, being a, a team captain and a legend and stuff, he's just, um, he's just really special. You know, on the ice, we were just talking about about hockey and stuff about the team this year, and um, didn't really, didn't really talk much. But uh, the picture, picture was pretty cool. You know, guys, guys, a legend, future Hall of Famer. So, um, I have a lot of respect for for guys like this, and uh, just to see see him practice you know doesn't he doesn't miss one shot you know you're in front of the net and the puck always goes at the same place and it's always perfectly like so that, that's one thing that really you know in juniors maybe like sometimes the, the guys we joke like our d's will try to just like rip it go go bar down or something and um but you know i feel like char was always shooting like this low to the ground really easy to tip and it was just uh it was really impressive you know the guy's been doing it for like 20 years or something so um so yeah it was it was pretty cool yeah i was i was laughing when i saw that photo too because you're not a small guy what are you like six six one yeah i'm six yeah i'm six, six and yeah you just, i look like a kid <laughs> yeah you look and you just look like so small compared to this guy i was dying laughing but it just shows how big this guy actually is uh, he's, like he's said, huge playing he's just like so dedicated man like after games like we had two two interest squad games and after games like he was always like training in the gym and he's just i i feel like he takes care of his body and uh, he's, you know, like no wonder he was captain of the, of the Bruins. You know, he was just, he's just so special and um, hopefully he'll be there next year when I come back. But, uh, but yeah. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I, d- I doubt he won't be. I mean, this guy feels like he could play till he's 80 years old, it looks like. But uh, I think that wraps it up for Rask's fan questions. I just wanted to mention quickly um, to the listeners, it's Lappy's birthday today. So uh, everyone, everyone go blow his DMs up with uh, birthday wishes. Uh, I know it'll be a day late when it comes out tomorrow, but uh, still everyone go wish him a happy birthday. And uh, there's a nice little birthday present actually coming for you from our presenting sponsors at Axel Watches um, for coming on the show today. We're going to be sending you a, uh, a watch of your choice. Uh, Raskin's rocking his there. Oh, yeah. Some uh, some high quality timepiece uh, piece to walk into the uh, rink looking sharp for you. I appreciate it, boys. It was a great experience. You know, uh, whenever you need me to come back or, or whatever, I'll uh, I'll be there. And uh, you know, it's fun. It's fun to see you guys. And uh, I really thanks for the invite. Actually, it was it was pretty fun. Absolutely, it's good catching up with you, Lappy. Yeah, thanks Same, for coming man. on, man. Yeah, keep doing your things. It's really good to see you. Thanks for appreciate thanks it. for having me. Yes, sir. <laughs> we'll catch up. Thanks. All right. Thanks to Lappy for doing that. That was a great interview cards and I really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah, man. It was good to catch up with him. I hadn't talked to him in a little bit as I referenced before, but uh, yeah, he's a great dude and uh, has a lot of good things to say about the game and uh, a lot of good insight. And he's definitely a player to watch out for in the Caps organization in the next few years as uh, I feel like they got a sleeper there at uh, 22 overall. And he, he definitely, if he had played the whole year, definitely would have gone higher. Yeah, definitely. And I want to talk a little bit about Axel Watch. I did mention we're going to be doing a giveaway at some point this episode for our, our listeners only. So yeah, we're doing a special draw with Axel Watch for showbound listeners only. We are not posting this to any of our social channels. This is only for you fans, either watching on the YouTube or listening to us right now. Go to axelwatch.com, put in your email on the pop-up page. You'll see a little for showbound listeners only link and you can click that. Uh, and for every hundred emails they get, they're going to do a new draw. So if they get a thousand emails, they're going to be giving away 10 watches. Uh, so, you know, the more signups, the the higher chances, well, theoretically, I guess the chances stay the same, but <laughs> the more, um, more, more watches will be given away. So get on axelwatch.com, put your email in and we'll be announcing the winners on the podcast next week. Yeah. With that being said, um, I mean, everybody go do that. I want all our listeners rocking Axel watches because I can't take mine off. It, it looks good. And, um, well, we'll talk about the bachelor. So, um, did you, did you watch the last episode already? Yeah, I just watched it actually. Um, not bad overall. Uh, I liked it, man. This was for yeah. me, this was the first good episode of the season, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I actually enjoyed it too. And I'm, I'm kind of fired up about Heather coming on the show too. So Heather, we have from Colton season and uh, that was, I, I like that season a lot too. So I'm excited to see what she brings to the table. I know they got mutual friends we saw in Tyler and then through Hannah as well. So yeah. I feel like they could hit it off. Um, my front runner right now, if I'm calling it, I'm going to stick with Rachel, but I actually think, Oh, what's her name? What's her name? Um, the blonde, uh, Heather, Heather. Yeah. Heather. Okay. I think Heather has a chance. Dude. Like I have a lot of opinions right now. I don't, I don't know. My brain's kind of all over the place. I think okay, Kit has grown on me from someone who I didn't think I was going to like at all to someone who I actually kind of support right now. But I, I want to go back to Heather. And this is something when we have the, I won't say the name, the lady from The Bachelor come on the show here with us for me to ask her. But do you think Heather pulling up was real? Like not staged? Because it seemed kind of real in the sense that they would have just, they didn't let her in. If it was real, I feel like, or if it was staged, they would have just let her in, right? I don't know, man. We're going to find out eventually. But uh, I feel like, no, nah, I don't know. I feel like it could be staged. It's too set up. Like, they they have too many, like, mutual friends. And, like, it just happens to be that Tyler was there that episode. That's too. why I believe it, though. Like, because she was talking to Tyler. I, and Chris Harrison seems so surprised. And so did Matt. Like, part of me thinks that was kind of just happened, man. I wouldn't be surprised because it's like, you know, if she's doing it for the cloud or something, like, it's not a bad move by her. So, I don't know, man. But something that we're, we're going to find out we'll get to the bottom of it yeah we'll figure that out eventually so stay tuned yeah i mean other than that okay the, <laughs> the massage prank on tyler was hilarious yeah that was actually so funny and then actually for that girl to just get canned after that date i was oh kind of that was that was a bit cold but i forgot yeah. about that yeah because uh for me i, I watched it last night cardi's watched watched it right before we recorded this so it's more fresh in your memory but man she pours her heart out on the line completely and she thinks it's going great so did every viewer i think um yeah. 
And then just like that, Matt picks up the rose, like dangling it in her face. And he's like, I can't give this to you. And I'm going to walk you out. It's like, he shouldn't have picked up the rose, man. That got her hopes up even more. I'll give, uh, I'll give JT a little showbound bump. Uh, he called it like when they started talking, like even when it was going well, they were like expressing feelings and stuff. JT's like, yeah, he's sending her home. And then he picks up the rose. I'm like, nah, dude, are you stupid? And then sure enough, just dangles it in her face. Like he, a uh, person teasing their dog with a treat <laughs> and then he sends her home. I'm like, what? Yeah, no, that, that one got me, man. That one got me. But I mean, it's uh, it was a good episode. So I'm happy with it. We're, we're on the right track and, uh, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to say about it before we kind of wrap this up? No, I think that does it for the Bachelor this week. I mean, we'll we'll get some more intel. We're getting down to the nitty gritty here. I think we got what ten women left now that Katie got sent home and got another rose ceremony coming up. So big yeah. things coming in the Bachelor segment. Almost at hometowns, man. And I'm wondering. So I did say like we are gonna have. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say we are. It's like 98 percent certainty that we're gonna have one of the people from the the bachelor on like she did she did say yes to me but i never know with these people man if she wins like she's going pretty deep in this it could be massive like i don't know and uh, maybe repost too you never know we gotta uh we gotta ride the wave yeah anyway um let's send it to you cards you take it out let's wrap this up (laughs) yeah so uh thanks for listening this week uh we really appreciate all the support you guys give us and uh We're going to continue to make great episodes, so stay tuned for more Showbound, and have a great week.